Um, we're going to edit this back in at the start, so hold on. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the Final Whistle podcast. Uh, turn those notifications uh, bell. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. We need to do it. We need to have so it. Cringe. We need to have it at the start. It's, it's bare cringe. It's bare cringe, but we need to do it. We need to do it, man. Don't. 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 We need to do it. Please like and subscribe. Please hit that notification bell and leave a comment down below. That's, That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And we're live. It is the first episode of the Final Whistle podcast. Woo! Finn, as you can see, enthusiastic as ever. Mm. Yeah? Buzzing. He's absolutely buzzing to be here, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. Guys, <laughs> welcome to the first episode of the Final Whistle podcast. Um, I'm Josh, one of your hosts. I'm Finn. Um, we've got Owen behind the scenes. Owen, you want to give us a little whoop? Whoop! There we go. The enthusiasm <laughs> on that. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, welcome to the Final Whistle YouTube channel, the Final Whistle podcast. Uh, whether you're listening, you're watching... Uh, you might not be doing any. Uh, this might be going out to no one, let's be honest. But we're, we're starting up. Um, we Our plan is to be a football YouTube channel. Um, maybe moving into sport. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, we'll go into a little bit about ourselves, mm-hmm. I reckon, after we've just gone through what the channel's going to be. So we have a podcast every fortnight. We're going to have a top 10 style video coming out every week. And then another specialised video every fortnight. So whether it's a historical team review whether we're going to be looking at a fallen giant or something along those lines. But, yes, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us are going to be working our, our butts off, aren't we? Trying to keep we it are. PG for that, well that saved. potential well monetization <laughs> in the future. But, yeah, um, we're going to be working hard. Um, just a bit of context about who we are. We're all university students, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Studying UEA, um, broadcast and multimedia journalism. Uh, we've all got a passion about sport and football. We want to be sports journalists. So, Very yeah, we're, we're bringing that in, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. Finn, do you want to let the let the listeners and the watchers know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, what do you want to know? Just who you are. Like, what, what you've got to bring to the party <laughs> other than... Pure enthusiasm. Pure, pure energy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, it's um, all up here, guys. It's all up there, yeah. It is um, here for a reason. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Finn. I am 18, but younger than Josh. Uh, obviously, as he's already said, we're UEA students, broadcast multimedia journalism. Been into football now, except in terms of being involved, probably for about 12, 13 years, playing for about 11, captaining team for about six then went into refereeing a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, decent level at that now, to be fair, which is which is good. Keeps a little bit of money rolling in as well, which is Absolutely. always nice. Yeah, I think um, we're, go- we're going to touch on that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. so... Um, I mean, just, just a quick bit about myself. I'm Josh, I'm 23. Uh, I'm from Cambridge. Um, I've had like a passion for football since I was a kid. Mm. One of my earliest memories is going to watch Cambridge United. Uh, team I'm now a season ticket holder for when I was like two or three. I remember staying up watching the 2002 World Cup. My mum let me watch it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've loved Before the game. I was even born, that. Like. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That is, <laughs> that is absolutely mad. Um, but yeah, I've, I've loved the game. Um, I've, I've played a bit. I was a keeper and like mini league, but I played a lot of sports, so I never took it that seriously. Yeah. Um, so I never really progressed, but love going for a kickabout with the mates, whether it's mm. a little bit of six aside or just playing a bit of heads and volleys who doesn't love a bit of heads, heads and volleys, and volleys. <laughs> when you're in like a like it's rolling a back the years that yeah <laughs> yeah pitch i love it i still go when i'm when all my mates are back from from wherever they are in the country now like yeah if we all if we're all back in cambridge we'll go out and we'll play a couple of games of heads and volleys because <laughs> it's just like when you're bending over getting bummies it's like it's, it's <laughs> like you're 11 or 12 but mate it's, it's good laugh but yeah um i think for me that like, i just love watching and reading about football it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much my life so if we can do this for a living, I know we mentioned this in, yeah. in our first take, but if I could do this for a living and get paid for it, I think we'd all what agree that would be, yeah. The, yeah, be the dream. But um, you've mentioned it there, mate, um, a little bit about your refereeing. Yeah. Like, let's let's just go into that, because obviously I, I, I imagine a lot of the people who are listening uh, or watching don't know what goes into being a referee, the training, how you work your way up. Do you just want to sort of fill us in on, from the ground up, what, what you do and, and where it goes? Yeah, so if you're starting right at the sort of ground level um, in terms of the the training, it's a four-week course. Um, I think it's probably I think it was spaced out three hours a week or something like that uh, in the evenings. And you basically just do, go through practical and theory elements. So you'll sit in a classroom and 
they'll run through everything that you need to know and then you'll take it out onto the pitches because they've, they, well, in my case anyway, I assume it's most cases, they take it in places where you've got the outdoor facilities to go and use a pitch and put it into practice. Um, so we'd do that, you know, theory elements, you'd go outside and you'd use practical elements and then in the end, in the final week, it's basically like a three-hour game where you're out there and you'll alternate, so you'll do 10 minutes of refereeing and then 10 minutes on either line and you'll mix that around so everyone does it. And then you start off base level, level 7, which is where I'm at the moment trying to work up. And that's just sort of, you know, you grab your basic grassroots level, kids, whatever. But then you can, you know, in in terms of that level, you can then start to branch out. and So, you know, I'll do men's games, vets games, um, and then the academy games. So I'm from Ipswich. Uh, Ipswich Academy games I do quite a lot of those which is a very different experience to your Saturday morning because before Covid and you know and they had to then shut the changing rooms down and stuff you had to essentially turn up in a suit and turn up in your suit with your kit bag you'd then get escorted into your dressing room it's mad isn't it it's crazy honestly Was, you know? did, did you feel like you're a professional at that you point? do you do feel you feel more professional than when you walk out on a on a rainy day for some under twelves, you know, on a boggy pitch. Yeah. You do. I mean, even if even if it's a similar age. Yeah, and I know, guess the facilities as well, it must be like a complete other level. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, you turn up and you go and you get escorted in, you get debriefed, you'd then sit there and you'd have you you get changed, you'd have your referee and, you know, meeting with everyone mm. on the team. And then you'd go out and you know, because they've got teams that will come from all over the place, you know, and you you get your London teams, your Norwich and whatever. If you've got a big team like a Tottenham, who I've had up there a few times, especially at the higher ages that you go, you know, you you can get two, three hundred people come there from from just the away end, you know, because you've got if people are travelling two hours for a game mm. and you're playing at that age of an academy level, you've got parents, siblings, grandparents, you know, relatives, mad, friends yeah. that all want to come for that, and that's you know you've got about twenty players. It's it's ridiculous because that must be then like probably. League Two or like National League, some some grounds are probably getting five, six, seven hundred fans. Yeah, May, maybe pushing a thousand. But if you're sitting there and there's three, four hundred people watching, yeah, it's... do you feel that pressure as as a ref, even though you're only starting sort of your journey? In it? For me, no, I never really have to be honest. I think so, a lot of people will say, you know, and you you talk about ref, and a lot of people say, oh, I couldn't do that, you know, or you know, you must hate it. But genuinely, I'm very I'm a very laid back person. So I don't. We know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With timings as well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Cheap>. <laughs> One to talk today, look. I mean, the train's the train. But anyway, yeah, sorry, exactly. I, I interrupted. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I'm very laid back person, so I don't let it get to me. I just kind of let it wash over, and I'd rather have a joke with someone at, about it than, you know, have a go at somebody. I think, you know, you'll get, you'll get the odd shouts from parents that might be, you know, twenty meters away from an offside call that you make, and they think you're wrong. I remember I had one big one at like a Spurs Ipswich under 16s and the striker had come from a goal kick from an offside position but came into his own half to receive it so obviously he was offside coming from the offside position on offside back into his own half I flag up I knew instantly I was going to get the stick for it because obviously when he got the ball he was in his own half so it was one of those where because the ref wasn't watching it he 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 called it but when people were asking him he wasn't really sure why I gave it you know, so I'm getting him sort of looking at me like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. He's not backing you. He's there, not. He's he? he's got. He can't because he hasn't seen it. And yeah. I know that I'm right. And he's got the people behind me. You know, when you're on the mm-hmm. being on the parent side, that sort of have a real go at you. But you've just kind of got to take it. I think you know that's 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 part of it. And on on the refereeing side, you don't really get too much. I think you know I've I've run the line a couple of times on men's and vets as well as refing, and I've always said that I think it's it seems worse if you're on the outside of it. If you're on the outside looking in, even just, you know, on the line, some of the stick that the ref gets feels a lot worse and it sounds a lot worse than it is when you're the one in the middle. Mm. Just because it's happening around you when you're there and you're in it and people, you know, saying things and whatever, you'll just kind of focus on what you've got to do yeah. or you'll just have a little joke about them. I, I guess you've got a professionalism yourself, haven't you? As a ref, you, you've got to do your job. You can't let those things affect you and that's part of the Yeah, exactly. I it, think that's it? why, you know, when you start to go up, people say, you know, you lose a lot of young refs at the 
at the point where it starts to turn from friendly to overly competitive. So you then go from level seven, which is I'm at, and I'm working on six to five at the from seven to six to five, which can be done quite quickly. Um, at the moment, where you have to do thirty open age games. No, sorry, twenty. 20 open age games in a season. What, what do you mean by open age? Open age is uh, adults, or three of them can be under 18s. Okay. So but elite level under el- 18? or Just even local. Okay. It's an, anything that falls under that category. And then you then you do that and you push up into six and five, and that's your sort of county uh, stuff. So, you know, your Premier Leagues are your level ones. Yeah. And you can work well, How, how does it work with the tiers then in terms of like... Championship, League One, League Two. What what level would they be? So you're saying you're seven, looking to get to five, maybe sooner rather mm. than later. If you're a League Two ref, where would that put you? Where where would you be on that scale? Do you have to be pretty near the top still to be ref in pr- professional games, or is it something that it's only the the prem is where you really need to be at the top of your top of your game? Yeah, I I think honestly I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it's sort of a four three level, but you know you do that as still as a side thing so there's you know somebody that my dad works with for example in or has worked with has done league 1 games you know refed in league 1 because that's still you know you're you're not getting paid enough for that as a as a as a job at that level you know it's really only in the premier league where you could get away with that as just your full full-time job so i think you sort of move up like that i think it's probably and it might be four, three, League Two, League One, and then. But you have to. I think I might have said this to you before. If you hit the championship, you then have to choose between linesman and 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 referee because you can hit. It's easier to climb in the linesman, so you could be a championship linesman and a League One, two ref. So you then have to decide whether you want to just stick in the championship on the line and just stick working at the line or whether you want to just spend that time working on the refereeing to try and you know cream of the crop in the Premier League which why, why would you choose to do either because for me as somebody who's never been a ref doesn't really understand it I think well surely I want to be a ref why would I want to be a linesman because you, you're not perceived as doing as much of a job uh, <coughs> maybe maybe that's the wrong perception but mm. personally that's how like you, you see it differently of course and no I, I do accept that I would say personally and it's and you know You'll speak to certain people, and a lot of people would, will say the same. I think being a linesman is harder than being a referee. When I when I do the line, there's a lot more to think about at every moment than there is when you're refing. Because if you're on the line, for example, you have to make sure you're staying in line with play and watching the game at the same time, and also watching, especially when it's sort of coming down your wing, is the ball standing now? Is there a foul at the same time? standing back enough so that you can also see down the line and you're keeping up with the play. So your head's sort of on the game, but your head's also watching where the line is. So I actually think there's more going on when you're on the line and it's arguably a bit more difficult. Fitness-wise, though, surely you're doing less? Or, or is it more? Ma- yeah, Cause, probably cause the ref, less. Whenever I watch, the refs seem like they're... Because you've got to keep up with play, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's, when I've heard referees speak and like older referees talk about like, how long their career is going to go on for, they always say it's a fitness thing. Like their brain is understands it. Like they're improving all the time in that sense, but physically it's quite demanding, isn't it? What what do you know? Like levels of how much you're going to have to run. That might be a bit rogue, but like because prem players normally run what about ten k, between ten and twelve k is like yeah. Normally do what you know what run. they did on the course? Say and I want to say it's about fourteen. Now I might be wrong, but it's always a bit more than the players. Wow, I I never knew that. I. That might be wrong. It, I want to say it's about it, four or so more than the players. There's a fact it's more than the players yeah, already. The like, we we talk about a Kante and we talk about his engine. Yeah. Like, and what are we saying? Mike Dean's running more than Kante yeah. is in a game. Well, yeah. <laughs> Technically speaking, he, he should be. That is a title in itself he for this clip, be. Yeah, isn't exactly. it? Mike Dean Runs. has more of an engine yeah. than Can- <laughs> N'Golo Kante. Because you work, in, you work in diagonals, you see. So, okay. you'd, whereas Kante's work, for example, taking Kante... He's all over the place, but kind of knows his role is. He's he's the middle of the pitch, isn't yeah. he? He's never going to be the last guy. He's never going to be the furthest forward exactly. guy. Exactly. Unless it's a rare occasion. So you're taught to work in quite a wide diagonal. So if you, you, your linesman's on your left backs, so you're essentially working right back to right back. 
so all that space you'll, you'll cover over by the left backs but at that level you're trusting that the linesman can call a foul if they need to call a foul or the throne or whatever it is so you work in your diagonals so if you're spending the whole time in an end-to-end game for example when you're doing this and then you're coming back or you're going sort of looping around it different ways it takes up a lot of space because you're basically covering the whole pitch backwards and forwards mm. the whole time diagonally so you're touching more areas on you're the touching pitch more and, areas on the pitch yeah and I guess if, they, if there's a free kick over on one side you've got to be over there haven't you then you've got to walk across to the wall yeah exactly sort them out walk back then speak to the players that are having a scrap in the middle yeah. like yeah to be fair that, that, that makes sense no it's, it's really interesting mate I think there's one thing you said mm. um, when we had take one of this um, I wanted you to bring up about the linesmen and what they're doing and maybe like say my perception of a ref and your perception of a ref like you used an analogy when you were at a Norwich game recently yes yeah yeah yes so when I was at Norwich game recently there was a a yellow card I think it came from a yellow card and the linesman took out his notebook and made note of the yellow card right story yeah yeah and the the couple of people that were sat behind me were saying look at the linesman's taking note they don't normally do that and someone said, well, you know, I reckon what it is is normally if the ref gets injured, the fourth official comes on. But I reckon in this instance, if the ref gets injured, it's the linesman coming on. So it's interesting for me to sit and listen because I know we only have to do it at the academy because it's obviously like the highest level that we're at. But the linesmen, both both of them, because you have what you call your senior and junior or first and second. So oh, really? your senior is the one that's on the dugout side and your junior which they will use inverted commas in because it's almost disrespectful to call it senior junior yeah uh junior would be on the fans side in a local game but you know the opposite side to the dugouts um and you both keep match records you'd keep different things and it's up to the ref what they choose you to do you know there's no there's no set but you know one of them might take a full match record in terms of yellow cards red cards goals and the other might be set to do subs and timekeeping for example you yeah. both have your watch on subs and timekeeping in case someone's and that's just keeping that. a record and that's just what, keeping... what's what's the reason for that the reason well, there's a couple so is it just like a, a safety net a safety net if the rest so there's never three yeah. yellow cards because you saw that in the world cup yeah like, exactly in 2006 i think there's a croatian player who got yellow carded three times yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. then you know you've got all these different bits that you've got to do and also what they say is when it comes to, especially when it comes to goals, you want the, if a goal happens on my end, you want the linesman on your end to be the one that's taking note. Okay. Because what you want to have is the linesman my end and the ref behind the team who have just scored as they're celebrating. So you have two pairs of eyes on whether anything kicks off during a celebration. Got you. So, is that with the fans? Is that with opposition players? Or could it just be anything? It could be anything. You know, That's really interesting. Because I've noticed that, that they like almost stand together, don't they? Yeah. But it's like, so yeah. it would be more likely to be, you know, if you've got like a 95th minute winner, for example, and the player Brilliant that's Sterling, just scored Bournemouth, is yeah, exactly, giving it large yeah. and whatever. Yeah, exactly, that one. And, you know, you've if you've got three people writing down the score and you've got the ref and he's getting out his notebook and the linesmen are getting out their notebook to put the score in while they're doing this you have no idea what's going on over here mm. you see what I mean so if you've got the one that's furthest away from it who's probably got the worst view out of everyone else taking note of give it give them to give them you've the got to four eyes that can see everything that's going on got you. got you so that's why you'll have people that are taking match records on bits and pieces you know so this yellow card comes out and people are going why is why is he taking that? Yeah, they don't yeah. normally do that. Well, actually, you do it every game. Everyone does it every game. So it's just it's just interesting for me. I'll sit there and watch it, and I'll think. And you, you know, know it from the other people, side. People, people know. People are always happy to criticise the refs. Mm. You know, I said to you before. It's one of those things where everyone is very happy to tell you when they think you've done something wrong. As Owen knows, me and Owen went to a Cambridge United game recently, and I'm I'm that guy in the stand. Yeah, is, is hurling absolutely everything that I could never repeat in this setting, but. Whether it's the ref, the player. Exactly. Yeah. You know, people are very, very quick to tell you what you do wrong. Very, it's, it's very. It's actually bad. I, sh- I, very should, I should stop. But I just get too emotional, man. <laughs> no, I want do you my know team what? to win. You no, know, I, I can be the same at Norwich, <laughs> you know. 
as as a referee, I can be like, I can see why he's giving it, but you know, still, boom, <laughs> yeah. straight at him. Nice. Nah, and people, but people will never say what you do right because I remember one of the the sort of the head coaches at the refereeing when I started said to me, "You'll know you've had a good game if no one's talking about you afterwards." And that was one thing that kind of stuck with me from doing that, you know, because it's almost like in a lot of other things, if you do something well, you'll get praised for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that, if you do something well, people aren't going to have anything to say to you. Yeah. So if you've had a good game, then... It's the cheers, f- cheers, sir. The, the focus yeah. is going to be Almost, on... Is it sir? Because I've, I've played rugby, so the ref is always sir. Oh, I'm never being called sir. What are you Once, getting called? Are you getting called some expletives? I'm getting called some, some bad expletives <laughs> at the best of times, to be fair. Okay. I've had one person call me sir. No, 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 no. I've had it's one played. person call me sir, and he was about 40 in a vets game and he was coming up to me being like excuse me sir how long's left yeah, he, played, he played rugby he definitely yeah. played rugby I guarantee it um, I think maybe maybe one quick topic I want to say on this before we move on to sort of our main bit of the show because it's the first one mm. um, just so you guys we, we keep you listening um, if you're not interested in referees but you should be because let's be honest it's it's an interesting it's thing good to money hear about for anyone yeah exactly <laughs> he's, he, he's on commission every ref it's like Deliveroo if you invite your friend then you exactly, get £10 yeah. off um, but no uh, so yeah, we're going to be looking at who we think is going to win the league, top four, get relegated. It's the first episode, we're about a quarter of the way through the season, so it makes sense, yeah. doesn't it, that we sort of start off with that, um, and then we can have some hot takes and, and bits like that. But no, um, just before we come on to that, mate, um, why why would you not mic up a ref and put a camera on? Because we see that in rugby, um, and you see that respect almost for the official. Yeah. Why, why, why do you think that's not been brought into football? I don't really know, to be honest. I do think there's a very good argument to say that it should be, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that I think it would save... It's it's difficult because it would save the ref a lot of stress. Mm. You know, if they're able... To, especially with VAR things. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm even you know, thinking, like, but, when, when there's, like, talk of there, racism and stuff yeah. like that, if, if the ref's got a mic and a camera, then these incidents, like even like the, the Suarez biting and stuff like that. Mm. If the linesman has a camera, if the ref has a camera... Like a body cam. Yeah, that's thing, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, because they, they do it in rugby. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's just something that... Because then you, you could hear advantage. It would be better for viewing as well. But like if you if, would the, be, if yeah. the ref was mic'd up and he said, right, we're going to VAR, rather than somebody in the top row having to spot him do that, yeah. you, you'd be able to hear it. It'd be broadcast. I think it'd make viewing better and it would help with decisions. But what, what do No, you, I do, do, I do agree with you. I do agree. I think it would be better. I'd definitely be in favour of it. Mm. I must be honest. I think, you know, we have a lot of these kind of conversations at different things, you know. And I think there's there's the argument to say, some people would say, that's almost being pressured into to appease the fans almost, you know. The fans are getting too rowdy because they want to hear what's going on. So if you then change the rule, it's almost like you're giving in and you're accepting the fact that the refs are not able to sort of deal with it almost. Do you see what I mean? I, I, I get it. Yeah, that's, that's um, fair enough. But I think there'd probably be a lot of people who would be in favour of it. I'm not entirely sure why they why they haven't done it, even if you just mic them up. Yeah. You know? Is, is it like the language though? Because that could be one argument because like I, I didn't realise until sort of getting a bit older how much the players swear, like even swear at each other. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Like, Well, you could, you could pick that up in, in the sort of the, the the COVID games, yeah, and if you went on Massively. to the, watch the games that They'd had no crowd all the time, signed. wouldn't they? Yeah, the, the, the commentators, yeah, because it would be like everything. Yeah, but you you hear how much abuse the refs get. Like, surely if you bought in that and you bought in, you can't swear at a ref. The level of respect, and it, I think it would help with a referee's decision as well. Like, if if a ref makes a decision, you've got three players storming over. You what? You this? You that? Yeah. If they weren't allowed to, and it was like, sir, I disagree with your decision. Surely the level of respect would change. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, in terms of the laws, you can't swear at the ref. So if if you were really yeah, if you were because sometimes you see him give a yellow card, like clearly they've said something pretty severe for the ref to be like, right, come on, boom, there you go. Yeah, I mean, in when we were when we were taught, if you if you were to come up to me after a decision I make and you know swear under the sun whatever you want at me, I should. Into, because it's aimed at me, send you off. 
Really? Yeah. It's not even a yellow. At it's, least, it's, it's... at least a at least a yellow. Okay. But they would say if someone's doing that to you, you'd be like, no, boom, that's yeah. it. Is that almost like an authority thing? Like I am the person in charge here. I am the Donny. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Don't mess around. With never, me. never seen that happen. Okay. Not sometimes a yellow. You law. do see it happen. That's the law. But that yeah. But okay. it's it's one of those where I I would never give a card for someone swearing at me. You know, I've I've had many an opportunity where I could have done. But I'd rather just sort something out by talking to somebody. I think you're far more likely to get a better relationship with the players and have them have less issues if you just speak to them like people rather than try and, you know, speak over them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, fair enough, man. It's it's really interesting to hear about it from a referee's point of view because, yeah, like I said already, um, I'm definitely not a fan of refs but that's only when it's my teams like I, I understand it's a difficult job like no I'm to, the, I mean like I said to you I'm the same when it's my teams yeah. I'll still get like, I think one thing to get off this point just one thing I would say is I think the refs should have a post-match conference as well like mm-hmm. the, the managers do because then at least they could explain why they thought their decision was right but anyway we've waffled about refs for absolutely we ages and, and thank you for telling us about your no, own experience and as we move through, this is this isn't something that we're going to be doing overnight. Like our plan is to do this while we're here, and hopefully we don't have to be at uni because we can do this for a living. But um, <laughs> as and when you like have more games or have any stories, bring them in, mate. We'll have a bit of ref watch. And we'll yeah, get, yeah. Get the Should we jump into this then, Because we yeah. have we in like sort of pilot episode one of the podcast <laughs> that may be released one day. Who knows if we do a best bits. Um, <laughs> We talked about who we thought our favourite was for the league, didn't we? Did. Um, but rather than going as in-depth as we did, I think to sort of make it a broader topic, we can go, who's going to win the league, our top four, who's getting relegated, and then any surprises that you've got chucked in there. Maybe a team that should be looking at the top half of the table and might finish quite low down, or mm-hmm. the other way around. I think of like a Sheffield as an example, or yeah. like a Chelsea when they, did they finish like 14th or 10th mm-hmm. after a toxic Mourinho or... Conte season, I can't remember exactly, but um, what should we start with, mate? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the floor of this one. Do you, what do you want to go with? Do we start from the bottom up? Do we change it up? Do we go from the top? Yeah, let's start bottom up. Let's go bottom, bottom up. up. Okay, well, I mean, this is topical for you as well, aren't isn't it? Because we, we both, we're both supporters of, of smaller teams, but we're also both supporters of, of bigger teams as well. And yes, I'm classing Norwich as a smaller I was team. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, do, do you want on the same level as Cambridge? You just put them there. I did. Absolutely, you mate. You belong in the championship, and Cambridge are a League One team. So there's only one division between us. I'm gonna that move is... past that. <laughs> but anyway, like, do you want to touch on your your relegated teams? Who you think might be in the mix, um, and and then who you think is going to go down? And then I'll just come and add some bits in and yeah. make it a discussion as one. Well, obviously, I would love us not to go down. We're talking th- realistically. We're here, talking right? realistic. So obviously, I I don't think. Obviously, at the time, can I say, at the time of this going out, we might have a new manager. Can I say that? Yeah, if of course, man. Of course. Like, like we've given the guys context. Like, we're, we're only just starting. So, Aye. like it might, it might take us a couple of weeks to get it out. So, Daniel Farker's just been sacked. Daniel Farker's been this. sacked yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah. As, yeah, as we record this. So, I mean, I wouldn't have done that. Personally, I think that he could have given it a good go. You know, I think you're almost then going to bring in a manager. I mean, obviously, the, it's early enough for a manager to come into Norwich and change things or, and turn things around. I, what I don't want to be the case is that you put in a manager like a Sam Allardyce or like a Steve Bruce or that kind of thing. Who, Brucey would be bold, wouldn't who, he? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's possible because, I mean, he played for Norwich for a long time. Mm. So he's got the links there. I, I think... But I just w- think... W- what we could do... Let's bring it back to relegated and not because I think we could have a whole discussion about who's going to potentially be Norwich manager and, and if we're but, doing yeah, like a team rebuilds that might be an idea for the, us. The point, the point being, I think Norwich probably will go down, but is is could be heavily dependent on who they get in. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, I think I think, I think Newcastle might still go down. I think I'll probably put Newcastle in there as well. Okay, um, and then. I don't get the league know. table. Yeah, get go the with the, the table up. I think it's tough because I, I had a look the other day, and there are so many teams that are you'd expect them to survive. But I mean, Brentford are sliding. Brentford are sliding, but I'm I'm very confident Brentford are okay. Like I, I have I have faith in their system and Watford. Like, 
Watford are a good one. They've had a good start to the season, but you know they're toxic. Yeah, 70. Have a look at that. Thank you. Owen, is that on one football? My guy, when, shout out to One Football. If you ever want to sponsor us, please. It's my favourite app. I absolutely love it. Um, right, so bottom three, we've got Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley I at think the moment. Burnley will scrape out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean absolutely banging as well, yeah. and they've got a striker in Chriswood who can score. That's so a big I'd, thing. I'd I think, I think hand. they're getting to a point where they're probably going to run out of luck. Who Burnley? Yeah, you reckon? But I think this season might just be their last season of scraping it. Okay. So I might go with the bottom two and then Watford. Okay, so you're keeping it pretty similar to what it is. I, I think personally Newcastle are going to fly up. Um, I, 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 I don't know how much faith I have in Eddie Howe, but again, um, that's sort of... I think it's neither here nor there. The reason I'm saying Newcastle are going to jump clear is just because, realistically, can you see these the Saudi-led consortium and Amanda Staveley coming in and saying... We're going to spend all this money on the club, commit to redeveloping everything. But you know what? We're going to have a three-year delay because we get stuck in the championship. No, obviously they're not going to say that. But at the end of the day, it's still only the players that can perform on the pitch. But they've got 200 mil that they can just go, right, bomb. But, okay, here's the question to you. If you're in January, yeah, after, what, 20 games, Mm. and you're a 19th place to Newcastle, who... Who who are you going to go out and get that's going to go, yeah, do you know what, Newcastle is a good move for me. Do you well, see what I, mean? I mean, somebody who who wants the money. Like, there are a lot of players that are purely motivated by cash. There are. I, I think you, you can, like, you look at a team like a Fulham who last year when they went down, I'd say arguably had a very decent squad um, and they only spent, like, just over 100 mil. You're looking. You, they they basically like but rebuilt the whole team. Still went down. Two hundred million pounds is such a substantial amount of money. You doesn't always ignore. doesn't always work though. I, look I, at, look I at what Everton have done and look yeah. at where Everton are now. Yeah, but Everton aren't getting relegated. No, but they're not pushing the top six like or the top four like the goal was when their new yeah. owner came in. I, it's fair enough. I mean, like I I personally don't think Newcastle will get relegated. Just because, like, I agree with you, the slide is awful. The squad they've got at the moment isn't good enough. I think Howe is going to bounce back. You look, you've got a Fraser, you've got a Wilson who've played under him before. I think you'll bring the best out of Wilson. Um, you can argue that Howe is a quite attacking manager, and he lacks. A he's bit also defensively. he's also not the kind of manager that's going to draw players in. They're they're solely going to rely on the money, and yeah. I think that that will bring a certain type of player in. Yeah. But but might not bring in, and that certain type of player will be like knocking on the door of a very top level player. But you take even like James Rodriguez at Everton, mm. there for Ancelotti, and then was there for the money until he got forced out of the door. Yeah, that didn't mean that he played. He didn't play his best football after like until any time after like November. That's fair, and like I, I agree with that. If but you're solely motivated yeah. by money, you have no motivation if. To, to play well mm-hmm. do you know what I mean there's so many players that will just be like do you know what I'm sat here on 200 grand a week it doesn't matter what I do I'm still going to get my 200 grand a week yeah I, it's fair but also like they'll probably have break clauses in the contracts and stuff if mm. they get relegated their wages will come down blah 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 there'll be a bit of motivation Which some, but, yeah. but so, I, like, all right, it's, so, it's fair enough well, I, I want us to agree on this I want us to, to come to a joint um, okay. maybe not who's going to win the league because we've already had a debate already mm. um, on pilot number one and yeah, we we had different answers, but I think so. Is it safe to say? Unfortunately, we're both yeah. agreeing on Norwich. Yeah, we'll agree on Norwich. Um, I like Watford. I like Watford yeah. as a shout shout out to to Ben Foster, cycling GK on YouTube. Hopefully one day he wants to pop on the mate, pod. Hopefully, one, imagine <laughs> that. Even going on his pod, going on his pod, getting yeah. them on ours. That'd be ten out of ten. Um, but yeah, I think unfortunately Watford go down for me. Um, let's agree, Newcastle. Oh, you do agree? Let's, let's do it. I, I disagree with you. Who who would you put in there then? Just just to know who you'd put in, and then I mean before the season started, Southampton. Yeah, no, I agreed. But I would have agreed. They've they're already on fourteen points, and you could argue. Are they, are they on fourteen points? They are on fourteen yeah. points. Like you can you could argue that they're already halfway there after ten games, ten eleven games. What are we looking at? 30, 35 points. 
normally well, they say 40 don't they but they say 40 but it's always like n- now with how good the top teams are i think so many more of the smaller yeah. teams are just going to get beat down um but yeah let, let's 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 agree, agree those two. What, what order are we going in i'm saying norwich watford newcastle just missing out if they are missing out i the norwich fan of me wants to think we could pull a good 19th <laughs> that shows the level of club we're looking at doesn't it I'm sorry. I'm going to stop insulting you. I, I like Norwich. I like I, I, I like Daniel Farker, and I do like Bless the him. team. But I'm sad. And you got a win on the, his last game was a win. a win. How ironic! I know. But yeah. Can we? I can we go Watford, Norwich, Newcastle? No, we can't. Norwich are finishing, finishing bottom of the league. I see behind the scenes Owen as well having a little giggle there. Come on, Owen. Norwich are finishing Norwich bottom. Are muddied. Yeah, Norwich are muddied. We got from Owen there. Norwich are muddied. I think we go Norwich, Watford. Newcastle just miss out. Alan Samaxaman out the door. Callum Wilson out the door. Eddie Howe out the door, and they're bringing back in Rafa Benitez after he gets fired from Everton. That is my that is my little crystal ball prediction. I have um, nothing to add. But yeah, because <laughs> he's also an Everton fan as well, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So. But I, I'm a City fan. And I'm he does me fan twice from Cambridge, so um, yeah. can't. At least I'm not a plastic fan. Isn't that right? Exactly. Like? Exactly. Um, anywho, uh, should we go for winning the league? Let's do it. And then we'll we'll jump down into top four. So we go bottom, top, and then a little bit underneath. So you start this one. I start this one. Yeah. If that if that works well for you. Lovely stuff. Um right, let's let's say um who do I think is winning the league? I'm gonna go for Man City. So I, I am a Man City fan. Um it's the colour of the kit when I was like five years old. It's the only team I've ever supported. Because mm-hmm. I mean I was a Cambridge fan, but you've got to pick a Prem team, haven't you? And everyone supported the big teams, so yeah. I was yeah I was City. Um, but for me, well, like, not everyone supports the big team. Sometimes you have to struggle and support Everton. Well, know. I mean, like a big team, as in like at least they're in the top league in in the Premier League, um, like yeah, in, course, in England. Yeah. Like you've got some diehard like Bolton fans who are just like Bolton through and through, and they'll <laughs> never support another team in their life. But like I was only a kid, so of course. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm going I'm going City. Do you want to say who you're going for, and then we can debate them? Chelsea. Chelsea. Okay, so. Owen, up behind the scenes, I know you'd go Liverpool as well. Well, has that changed with the last two weeks? Has it changed? Two poor results. Yeah, a couple of poor results for yeah, Liverpool. Absolutely. But yeah, sh- should we should we debate why we think it? Why you're going Chelsea? Why why I'm going? Um, why why I'm going City? Do you want to go first or? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I think, firstly, the manager. I think the the managers of both teams are extremely strong. Um, but I I think with the with the group of players that we've got at the moment. Um, nobody is going to make a better use of that squad than, than Pep Guardiola and I would argue that it's the strongest squad in the league so if you've got the strongest squad and you've got the manager who's going to best get the who's going to get the best performances out of those players then like that, I feel like that's sort of my argument there but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go through the team like obviously top five goalkeeper in the world in Edison arguably the distribution is on another level um, he gets assists regularly every season, and when your goalkeepers get assists, like, come on, the guys, the guys a miracle. Uh, and our defence is so strong as well. Um, Walker, Cancelo, you cannot interchange between Diaz and either Laporte or Stones, uh, and you know you're going to have a solid, solid back four. I think the the fluid front six really is is very interchangeable. You've got players that can play in that forward role, but then also drop into midfield, and it's relentless, isn't it? The ability to wear teams down, and even when we're not playing at our best, we're often scoring two or three goals. Like we'll have that one game where it just doesn't click, whether it's against the Palace or we always struggle against Liverpool. Um, we struggled against Tottenham early season, um, but I think personally, the the sort of the fluidity of the interchange of the players and how players can come off the bench and be good enough to get in any starting eleven. I'm looking at Yamarez as your Sterlings, um, Ferran Torres, but I would say one limitation is our lack of striker, mm-hmm. lack of a striker. Sorry, um, I think that might cause us some issues further down the line because we can't keep relying on these attacking midfield players to produce a season like Ilkay Gundogan did last year. Yeah. Like I can't I think he scored like eight goals in 11 games at one point and that really propelled us at the start of our run. Um but yeah, I mean w- what have you got to add about City or do you want to just hit hit no, with Chelsea I do, and then No, I think City I put City would put City second. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're they've got a very good squad and I think they've got a very good manager. I just think that this is the first season where someone else has got a better manager on the way they're performing at the moment. I think, you know, it wouldn't overly surprise me if City won the league. You know, I'm putting them, like I said to you before, if anyone finishes above Chelsea, they win the league, in my mm. opinion. But I think that, yeah, the managers, if you start with the managers, I think, yeah, you can't knock what Pep's done and you can't doubt Pep as a coach. I think Tuchel is now starting to really establish himself. I think they're very, very difficult to break down. I think you say City, yes, they've got a solid defence, but Chelsea have scored more and conceded less than City this season. So I think that Chelsea are a very difficult team to break down. It's very hard for people to get goals past them. Also got a very good keeper in Mendy. Yeah. Um, and the back four, back five, whatever they choose to play is very difficult to break down. You know, you've got that experience in there with, you know, Thiago Silva and, and even if you put a youth in there of like a Chalabar, they're still He's able played to, very well this year, aren't they? They're able to balance it out very nicely in the team. And, and going forward, they've got options, you know, and I think it comes back to the depth that you were saying about even with Chelsea, you know, if you're playing a front three, you've got a Lukaku, a Mount, a, a Ziyech, you know, a Werner, a Havertz, a, so many. Yeah, Pulisic, you know, hudson Adoy, all these players that are fighting for those sort of three positions or whatever they're trying to play. So you could even argue there that going forward, they've maybe got the best depth of anyone else, which is where we both disregarded Liverpool before, mm. of you know that front three and Jota. Yeah. And you take that out and then it's... You have two injuries and that's it. You've got to change your formation. Exactly. You? And with no Harvey Elliott as well, who was somebody who could play on the Exactly. Wing. So I think you've got that with Chelsea is there's replacements all over the pitch. Mm. I think... You and know. you can have a system change there as well. And like, I know I know Tuchel likes a three at the back, but looking they're at they're less predictable. Yeah, and, and you can either go three four three or you can look at three five two, um, mm-hmm. which was the formation I thought they'd play at the start of the year with, sort of like a because you'd have like a almost like he was at Leipzig. You'd have a big man in Lukaku who was Yusuf Paulson, and then you have Werner sort of running off and yeah. playing more like an inverted winger, but then coming round, dropping in behind. Um, but yeah, I I think, I mean, in terms of squad depth, I think we still disagree. I definitely yeah, yeah. definitely think City's is better, but I would have to say, the manager is definitely stronger with Chelsea. Like it's it pains me to say it, but you've got a, a manager who came in halfway through a season, and won a Champions League, and it's not a Di Matteo, and he's just pulled it out of the bag and finished seventh. Like they were on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Um, I think what I would say to, about Man City, to be fair, and about Pep is that I think he's got a real, in his head, a real point to prove this season and a bit of a sort of a revenge mm. that he wants to go after Tuchel this year for the Champions League and for people probably starting to maybe put him above Pep. I think Pep's got a bit of an agenda this year. I'm sure and he's I, got a bit of an ego. Like I, I don't, I don't know if you see it as much, but like a Mourinho who you, yeah. you see his ego. Maybe I'm a bit biased, but uh, I, I don't think he shows his ego as much. But it must have hurt him. You're, I think, you're, you're looking I at think a manager way, who's just yeah. come in, and he's had the best team for the last five years, and not been able to make that step. You've got a new guy who comes in, chasing you for the crown, instantly halfway through a season, and he wins that Champions League. And we know that's what Pep has come to City to do. Yeah. So I just I think that is a big thing. I just think that you can sometimes see he almost looks a little bit agitated now. He's I think which could work in his favour. It could go either way. Mm. But I think that what I would say about City is that could work in his favour and he could completely pull it out of the hat and just know exactly what he needs to do. Really in all the right. I mean, he's they beat. It was one 0 wasn't it, yeah. against Chelsea, one yeah. 0 to City. Yeah. So he's beating him. He can do it. Yeah. I just and we beat United as well. Yeah. Like, which w- when we're filming, we've just beaten United over the weekend. Um, and one thing that we discussed when we ran through this before, Pep's record uh, against like the bigger teams, and maybe I'd take Man United out of it, but against the bigger managers, definitely, he always seems to get outsmarted. Um. I look at Arsenal, we lost a couple of games in a row against them. Um, I'd say he almost tries to be too clever. Yeah, yeah, he does. So he does. And, and and I think that's where Tuchel is completely different in that position because he looks at it very pragmatically and he's like, right, I'm not, I've am not. i not got one star player 
he's looking at the system against the opponent. So one big point I bring on to that is you look at someone like Lukaku and so many people would look at Lukaku in that team and be like, right, we've got arguably one of the best strikers in the world. We build the team around him. We give him the service. He's come into that Tuchel team and Tuchel said, well, I'm still playing the way I'm going to play. But I'm still going to get my fullbacks yeah. bombing. They're coming in almost playing themselves as wingers. And then your front guys, you've basically got three up top, a left forward, a right forward and a striker. Um, and, and he's shown that, that he, he trusts his system over having a big player in. Um, whereas Pep, I don't feel does that. I feel he always tries to rush De Bruyne back a little bit too much. Hmm. Um, you've got somebody this season in Bernardo who's played so much better um, than De Bruyne and they're, they're both often playing but we need a, a deep lying midfielder we need a DM it's been Rodri this season I'd play a Gundogan over a De Bruyne when De Bruyne is not firing and he needs a break like clearly needs a break after the Euros and Champions League and everything but yeah. Pep doesn't make that decision Pep doesn't sit there and say I've got my system like you could argue maybe he's doing that with Sterling but Foden is a better player than Sterling is right now yeah, and he's only going to get better. So I think that's smart managerial like instinct to say, well, you know what? I've got a guy who's five years younger and already better. Of course, I'm going to give him all the games. And Grealish just got bought in, but um, probably gone a bit off topic there um, as to who's going to win the league and why. But um, I, if I was going to like, if we were going to say it, and, and I was sitting here maybe being truthfully honest, especially after a couple of games that's happened now, I'm agreeing with you again. I'm conceding on this one. I think that Chelsea team, even when they're playing badly, they're drawing. Yeah. Um, or you look, they played against Brentford, and Mendy had to pull them out, but he did pull them out. The yeah. and and they all, the pundits always say it every year, don't they? It's the games when you're playing bad, you need to get a one 0 yeah. It's a bit of a cliche. It's like get wins when you're playing bad, yeah. get the results when you when you're not performing, you need to get the results. But it's just true. The best teams know how to win games, and I think that Chelsea just. They just do. They just yeah. do at the moment. And you've got a shout, haven't you, for Chelsea in terms of the the, the bigger picture of the season? You you mentioned it last yeah, time. Yeah, I said hot take coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea won the lot. And, and can you? Can and I you... mean, I mean, by the lot, I mean the lot. Every, <laughs> everything that there is out there to win. Club World Cup. Yeah, the everything. whole every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Chelsea could win. The league, Champions League, FA Cup. Are they still in the league? Cup? They are in the league cup. The league City cup. aren't the City Cup. City. We've lost the City yeah. Cup on penalties as well. So That's I think normally it, our, our dynamite. Exactly. But it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea won the quadruple. Mm, no, I can see it coming. I, to be fair, I can see Chelsea making a big push for the league, and us maybe saying with the current quality of of like opponents in the Premier League. We're happy taking second and then push for the Champions League if we're in the latter stages. Because I still honest, think Chelsea. Win. Yeah, f- fair enough. But I mean, bringing it, we, we've we've gone with Chelsea. Um, bringing it back into the next bit that we're going to say, which is sort of like the top four. Mm. Um, I think it's a good point to talk about the opposition for Chelsea and City for the title. I think there's one other team, arguably, that's in that race. Um, and then I think it's just deciding that that final position. And of course, that that last last place is Liverpool. Um, yeah. Couple of bad results when we're filming this. I've just lost three-two to West Ham. Um, I watched the last few minutes of that game actually, and just just finished work. And yeah, like Mane missed the sitter, the mm. the header. Honestly, it was right in front of goal. Did you see it? I didn't. Mate, know. like three-three. That would have been again like clawing a result out. But they they they're on, they seem to be dipping a little bit. But I think on the level of the league and, and the other teams, they are definitely the third best team. Yeah. Um, they've got the third best squad, I'd say. Arguably with Man United, but we're not even putting them in this category. Um, are you? I mean, we'll get onto it. Yeah. Top four. Are you not putting Manu in it? No. Fair enough. No, I've, I, I'd, I'd have a hot take and I'd put Spurs there. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? That's a really good shout. I'd put, I'd put Spurs there. Um, I hadn't thought of. When we're filming this, Conte's just been brought in. When this goes out. Man United might have sacked Solskjaer. I read an article, apparently Brendan Rodgers has verbally agreed that he's... Sorry, I'll stop tapping. I'm getting the eyes from behind the scenes, Owen. Oh, and I moan about tapping as well. Let me put those down. Keep my hands on the table. Um, but yeah, like with Conte being brought in, um, and Man United might bring in a Rodgers, as I was saying, but I think as it stands at the moment, Solskjaer's not going to put that team in the top four above a Conte. I don't see it. I think that is the best appointment I've seen in the Premier League since since Pep Guardiola. 
Yeah, it's a very good move for Tottenham. It's yeah. a very good move. Uh, and I watched the Everton Tottenham game yesterday, and they weren't great. Mm-hmm. I mean, arguably we should have won. We had a penalty. That's an Everton. What's he had though? Like three days with the team? Four days? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they were very much still in the the setup from before under Nuno. To be fair, and that that's obviously going to change. I just. Do, I, do you know what? I'd take, I, th- I would prefer Spurs to get in the top four than Man U. And I think they very well could. You know, I think he'll have a transfer window with them and, and bring people in. Cause he's, he's, he's got to have been guaranteed a certain amount of money yeah, to go in. Exactly. Before, he, he was he was near the top of their list, wasn't he? Yes. Um, before they went with Nuno. And at that point, I think the sticking point was he asked for some assurances um, about he, his yeah. own money and then also money. To that, spend that he was going to be able to spend. Surely, in that situation, he comes in and says, "Give me 150 million." Yeah, I think he will get the the money. The war chest. The, yes, the, 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 the cliche. Conte's yeah. war chest. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Do you know? What? I'm gonna. I personally can see it just being the average top four, a man you get in there in fourth. You reckon? But with this one, I like the fact that you brought it up, and I hadn't thought of it, so I'll. Go with Spurs on you. Should we, b- before we make a definitive decision, I reckon we're paying a disservice to a couple of other teams that at the moment are there or have formerly Thinking been there or thereabouts. West Ham. We've got a West Ham, I'd say, obviously Spurs we've touched on. I think we can go into Man United a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like a Leicester. Even an Arsenal. Who are 12th on, now, by the way. Leicester are 12th now, but if Rogers stays there, they, I mean, they, they're in the Europa League, which is always a bit of a bit of a sticky one for, yeah. for league performance but maybe we'll, we'll leave Leicester and maybe just a little bit of Arsenal so should we should we start off with West Ham because I yeah. think we can all agree especially after the result that we've just mentioned over the weekend um, 3-2 um, against Liverpool they're flying man they're mm. level on points with City I think at the moment yeah um, overtaking Liverpool they they are playing like a, a Leicester did last year Um and and I would I would argue they've probably got the strongest midfield in the league at the moment in terms of like a, a double pivot. No one is performing better. Rice is my shout for the best performing centre mid in the league. De Bruyne has had a bit of a stinker. Like who who else has been played? Kovacic has played well. Um, you could argue Bernardo Silva, but he's not really that position in terms of an out and out central midfielder. I think Rice has been the best in the league. Suchek hasn't been scoring the goals that he has, but. He's still like I think as a, as a unit they're performing really well, um, and yeah, with Antonio becoming a top Premier League striker, which we wouldn't have envisaged yeah. maybe a couple of years ago. Keepers playing well, defense is doing well. Like the, overall, that they're doing well, and Moyes has got them playing really say. well. We're talking about Moyes and the job that he's done. Yeah, I think he works best when he's able to be in the team and sort of shape his team when he hasn't got a great deal of money to spend, and you can just sort of get players to fight for you. I think he does that well, you know. I think at Everton he got got us into the Champions League when he didn't have much money to spend. You know, I think that that suits his style of management. He just needs time. Mm. You know, he's probably still the best manager Everton have had in the last <laughs> twenty years. You know, yeah. and and they've got an, uh, the current Belgian manager who's been yeah exactly with looking after that squad, and he's been linked with top jobs like exactly Barcelona and, and other top teams. So. And I just think that you know that. The fact that he had 11 years and now he's, what, fourth in it, West Ham, four years, however long it's been. Yeah, We had a couple it, of spells, didn't we? Yeah, a couple of spells, but it just proves that if you give managers time to get through the bad patches, it will then, you'll start to reap the rewards the longer on it goes. Yeah. You know, and I think he's now proving to West Ham that you have a bad start to the season and you have a bad start to his tenure. If you give him the time to work with people, it will come good in the end, and I think that's where they've stuck with him, which is fair play to them for sticking with him after a, a poor first season. But I think now you're starting to see, you know, a level of ability of him as well as some of the players. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a really nice story, and I think Rice would have had to have left at the end of this season if they mm. weren't sort of doing well. And I like the fact that he's progressing with that team as well. I feel like as he's improving the team around them, but yeah, I think. Bringing it back to our point, um, top four is probably a step too far. Yeah, it is. I'd say maybe Europa League like they got last season. I think, like yeah. you said, with Leicester dropping out, 
Um, it's interesting though, isn't it? It's still very early in the season to say no. people have dropped out, but but I mean dropping out of the of the race at the moment. No, mm. they're not in the top four, which they've sort of lived in for the last couple of seasons. Um, but I, 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 what I wanted to say there very quickly was I find it so interesting that you look at West Ham and you look at Leicester. Both of them are currently in the Europa League. One team's clearly been affected, yeah. and one team hasn't. And mm. West Ham, yeah, I think maybe top six, you could argue. Yeah, maybe. If they carry on the form they are, maybe a deep run into the Europa League might throw things in the air. You never know with cup competitions either. Yeah, exactly. Um, a deep cup run could sort of throw things out with player fatigue and stuff like that. But, um, but who, they'd who, still take a trophy as a good year if you go and win the Carabao Cup. Oh, for example, definitely. So. Definitely. Or like a, a run to like the semi-finals of the, yeah, exactly. the Europa League. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, so what, what are we saying? Let's agree on a top four. I'll give you Spurs in this one because I liked the, it's a good Spurs. shout. So I'll, give, I'll give you Spurs. So we're going Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Liverpool Spurs. Spurs. We're going to go United, obviously, fifth, I'm guessing, then, because they'd be probably my next shout. Yeah. I think they have to sack Solskjaer before January if they want to get into the top four. Okay. Whether they do is another thing. Um, he's just always got a result in him, doesn't he? Whenever they need a result, he gets that result. Yeah. When, when, when you guys are listening or watching to this, what that didn't make sense when you guys are listening to this or watching this um, he might have been sacked so we might be a little bit out of date on that but yeah I'd say I, I mean again I might be wrong on this but I would not expect him to be no neither would I yeah. and, and I'm very glad that he's not because he's clearly a, a pants manager in my opinion but like you use the analogies he's the bridesmaid he's not the bride is he yeah um, but yeah so we'll have United 5th should we throw West Ham in 6th just for a little curveball yeah yeah and then I think from there it doesn't really matter does it it's probably going to be a mix of either Arsenal or Leicester or Everton I mean may- maybe this is a-, a point for us to jump on to <laughs> teams who are going to surprise us this year so like when Wolves got promoted and they finished 7th or yeah. same with Sheffield, Sheffield um, a shout that I've got I mentioned it earlier and I'm not just saying this because you're an Everton fan I'm worried about Everton I'm, and I'm worried that Townsend and Gray's sudden upturn in, in form and they were they were performing way better than they should have done they're not that level and that calibre of player. Mm. You can't tell me Damari Gray is going to get t- more than 10 goals a season. Again, you could. Like, it might be a hot take, but I, I, I think with Calvert... How long Calvert-Lewin out for? Until after international break. Could be a little while, maybe. Okay. So, unless they get those two back, uh, Richarlison as well, firing, I'm worried that Everton might have finished like a 10th. I think that would be my well, yeah, nice shout. Yeah, and I mean, that's... The, the problem is, I mean, we've got so many injuries. We've got... Yeah. Five, you could argue six if you threw Andre Gomez into the mix as well. First team players, starting eleven players, out injured. Mm. You know, there's no Yerry Mina, and I mean, you don't. But he wouldn't be a starter, would he? Yeah. At the moment, yeah. Would you not go Godfrey Keane? No, I don't think you would. I think there was a stat the other day at the Wolves on the Wolves game, which I didn't realise the impact of Mina, but the. The points with Mina in the last two seasons compared to the points without Mina, you're yeah. talking like a point and a half on average difference. Difference to when That's he plays ridiculous. to when he doesn't really? play. Yeah, that is massive. So he he might have to fact check that, but it's, 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 there's it's, a, there's, it's a, there's a big difference. difference yeah, yeah. Um, you'd, you'd put him in. You've got Decore that would go it. Decore and Alan at the start of the season were brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, like and it's like a nice double pivot as well. Yeah, exactly. When they were trying to have Hammers there, and it was sort of a four-four-two. Yeah, it wasn't really working, but I like it as a two in midfield yeah. there with wingers. Um, no, like I, 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 fair enough. I think a full, a full strength team. I think we're we're kind of we could push for seventh, but we haven't had the money to spend either because of financial fair yeah. play. Yeah, it's a so big one. that meant that we could only spend the one and a half million on on Gray which was a steal and I think in, in I think he's so rubbish I've always thought he's rubbish no, really I, I, I really have you so think Demario Gray is rubbish I really I, I, I've always thought this he's rubbish this is I, I've had no strong opinions on him since until he came to Everton but I can 100% tell you for fact the man is not rubbish like genuinely in the full when we've got a full strength team yeah he, he could easily get 10 goals a season he's already on like 4 yeah and I reckon that's going to be his peak. No, I, 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 I don't think he's, he'll double it. That will be that will be my hot take. I don't think Demario Gray will double his four goals this season. He is probably the, he's what we've been crying out for for so long. He's a poor man's Richarlison. The pace. He's already got Richarlison. In the no, team. they're very different. 
Damari Gray is far more likely to take it on and beat a man than Richarlison is. Uh, like, fair enough, but... I mean, this is from a perspective of someone who watches every single Everton game. Yeah, 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 so you watch a lot more so... than I do, but I wasn't impressed with him at Leicester. I thought at first when, when they signed him from Birmingham, like a really young player, it was in that season where they won the league. Um, never really that impressed with him at Leicester. He always seemed to be somebody who had that potential, but... Mate, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know what I'm he's talking about He's still here, now but... only 24, though. But is he? No, he factually is 24. <laughs> I yeah, know, that's but a... like... But he's... But he's... <laughs> but it, like, is he no, 24? Like, yeah. Yet he is. <laughs> it's fair enough. You're now, like, doubting the man's birth certificate. I just okay? don't rate him, all right? He I don't is... rate him. <laughs> that, is is, he... that is an absolute stinker, isn't it? <laughs> is... is he? I reckon, I reckon he's. I reckon he's Is 25. He, I reckon he's he 25. might be 25 now, and that would shoot me in the If eye. it's 25, mate, that that is superb. That day, Demari we'll Gray. Get, we'll get we'll get behind the scenes, Owen and and Finn on this as well. Demari Gray is just 25. He's 25. He's 25. <laughs> is he? He is, is. 24. No, he's is just he? 25. Well, then there we go. There we go. But. But, that's um, obviously getting edited but out, I, but I, I, I think he's rubbish. Um, but that's my personal opinion. I, I think Everton could finish bottom half of the table. That's my like. Yeah, we could ra- finish bottom shout. half of the table. Yeah, there's, what, there's what, more than I'm not gonna say. There's a there's a very big chance we finish bottom half of the let, table. Finn, let's 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 have the final thing to sort of wrap it up on. Wrap the the podcast on. Um, what is your like shout out there? Shout for the season. Somebody you think might do well. Somebody you think's not going to perform too well. Um. Like an individual player, like saying Corne might get twenty goals in a season. Like he was played up front over on the weekend. Like just any any rogue shouts you've got. Well, off yours, I'd say Damari Gray. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Damari Gray, how many goals? I'd say he could get over ten, but with with a full strength yeah, team. Over, do you know? Do you know yeah, who I would? Do, like... do you know who I would say off so far this season who could be overachieving on based of what they've done the last few years? Palace. I think Palace have played really well every time I've watched them. Like they they they've got a good team. You, and and I didn't think it would work with Patrick Vieira. I, I was honestly I thought he was going to be first manager. Sacked. Yeah, me that too. Was, that was who I thought was going to go. So after, it was a like, bold move. Games. And I think to be fair to them, they're playing well. They've only lost two games yeah. this season. We, we we've forgotten Brighton as well. I was about to bring Brighton in when I looked at what, it. What do we say with Brighton? Do you they're... reckon Brighton could break into that top eight? No. No, I think no. <laughs> just no, no. Just a flat out. Because I think what you've got to remember is there's only been eleven games this season. Yeah. I come from a point where it's more than a quarter though. I, We're like nearly yeah. a third of the way through the season. I've I've come from a point though where my dad has always said, "Don't look at the lead table until after Christmas." Okay. So I'm I'm very. I mean, that's a pessimistic view as an Everton and a Norwich fan, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, but you can't. It's a fair point in the fact that you can't. You take the top three out of it, which are always going to settle in quite quickly. You can't really take anything as as a given until sort of January. The, the the table doesn't sort of start to take shape until then. Right, Finn's just decided to completely undermine the whole purpose of our video. No, you know, everything until until January is completely pointless. No, no I don't mean no, that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm but you it. know what I mean. You we're, we're allowed to have our opinions. Like we could have done this video before the season even started. So mm. I, I like that we've had a bit of a season to sort of get. Ob- more, obviously, more you of get a idea. season to yeah. You can get a feel of where teams are and how teams are going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, but the fact that. Leicester are 12th I think we can all agree the fact that Leicester probably won't finish the season in 12th yeah yeah. So, I, I like your shout of Palace I think Palace could oh probably... uh, yeah I would I would put Palace as my even if they came 10th yeah where they that are that would now, be overachieving that and, would and be and it would be such a marked improvement from Roy Hodgson and yeah, exactly. however good a job he did do to be fair to him but yeah I'll, I'll go I'll go Palace lovely stuff well I think guys that is where we should probably wrap it up I think we've, we've gone That's far enough off, to, off topic Owen is wanting a coffee. He's on about four coffees a day, aren't you, at the moment? Oh, yeah, at least. At least. How many How many cups of tea did you have the other day? The other day? Oh, God. Well, I had a day when I had 11. 11, Ele- 11 cups of tea? 11 cups of tea. I don't even like 11 tea. cups of tea. Do you like tea? No. <laughs> I don't like hot drinks. At I'm, all? No, well, anyway. We'll leave, we'll leave it there. We can edit this out, I'll but just as like <laughs> yeah. as like a genuine question. Yeah, 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 I don't like cups of tea. But any, anyway, folks, thank you very oh, much for tea. watching and listening to the <laughs> final whistle podcast. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks' time, and keep an eye out as well for a top ten. Um, any shout outs as well, Finn, for for anything like? I thought you meant to any people. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you want, shout to. out to Owen behind. Shout the scenes. out to Owen behind the scenes. Um, what are our social media handles, Owen? 
At the moment, we've got. We'll put them on screen. We'll put <laughs> them on screen. screen but we've got an Instagram. We've got a Twitter. Um, obviously, the YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe. Um, we're going to edit this back in at the start. So hold on. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the Final Whistle podcast. Uh, turn those notifications uh, bell. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. We need to do it. We need, to have, so it. We need to have it at the start. It's, it's bare cringe. It's bare cringe, but we need to do it. We need to do it, man. Don't. 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 We need to do it. Please like and subscribe. Please hit that notification bell and leave a comment down below. That's, That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No, don't do that. Alright, oh, no, guys. Peace out. Don't do that. Let him do it. I swear to God. If you do that, if you do that, I'm never coming on here again. No, 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 genuine. Nah, boy.